You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to a special edition of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. This time around, we're talking to Rob Garver, the director of What She Said, The Art of Pauline Kale. That's an upcoming documentary about the film critic from the New Yorker magazine. She was there from the late 60s to the early 90s, and over that 20-some year span, wrote a voluminous amount of film criticism, film critique, and opinion pieces Some people love her, some people hate her. I will not say my opinion of her at this particular time, but I'm sure that if you've heard our episodes on things like The Other Side of the Wind, you might glean my opinion of her. So let's go ahead and play that interview, and then once we're done, I would recommend go on over to our website and click on that Kickstarter link. They are in the process of funding, or check out more about the movie at their website, whatshesaidmovie.com. Enjoy, and have a pleasant week. My name's Rob Garver, and I'm based in New York, and I'm a filmmaker. What got you into filmmaking, Rob? I've always been interested in movies and making movies. Um, I, I think I was just, you know, I had that, the spark as a kid that a lot of people have when they're a teenager and see movies. You know, you, you see a couple that you really hook into, and you think, well, I can do that, and uh, I want to do that. So that's pretty much the way it started for me. What kind of stuff do you generally make? I've really done a lot of short films so far. So I've done um, a slew of kind of short narratives. Then I also did a short documentary, which is a profile of a cartoonist in Brooklyn. And I think that sort of maybe gave me a little bit of a taste for a documentary. That kind of led me to, to wanting to do a, a, a full feature. What was your first exposure to Pauline Kael? As a young person, I read her... I never owned a book of hers, but I read her reviews in the New Yorker and she, uh, just her voice always stayed with me. It was, um, it was so vivid and it just felt complete because it wasn't just about the movie. It was always about more than the movie and the things outside the movie and the parts of the culture that the movie touched on. And she was so good on the specifics of, of actors and, structure in a movie and you know all the things really that a filmmaker is interested in and you know I started thinking well that's probably what led me to her wanting to make a film about it because she really writes like a filmmaker she did write like a filmmaker tell me more about how you kind of came about with the idea of doing a whole documentary on Pauline Kael I started about a year and a half two years ago there's a biography that was written by Brian Kello uh, about Pauline Kael, which came out in 2011. And I, it completely missed me. My radar just never picked it up. So I didn't know about that book when I started working on the movie, but I found out quickly that there was one. I, I had read something about her a couple of years ago where I read a piece of her review. And I just thought, wouldn't it be interesting to have a film about a, a film writer and um, do it in a way that, um, really, really makes makes her writing cinematic, I guess, 
and and shows her as the as the real artist she was, but in a, in a movie in a movie form. That's really just the, the way it started, and I um, I just started to go back and read her books and um, just compiled all of all of. And I really didn't know in the beginning how it was going to play out, but I I just kept compiling all um, of these small pieces of her writing and um, realized that I had something that I could combine into a into a whole and really, um, you know, make a, make a movie about her work primarily. This, this is going to be about her, Pauline Hill, the person as well, but it's primarily a movie about her work. And that's, that's what most interested me in her. Obviously you can't divorce a person from their work. I mean, that's what we've kind of seen over the years, especially with something like, you know, the auteur theory, that kind of stuff. When it comes to Kale, how much do you think that she was intertwined as far as her life versus her art, her criticism? Once you, once you start getting into her work, you realize that's one of the things that made her so distinctive is that her personal feelings about many things are in her reviews. And, you know, it's not like she just will find an excuse to put something in there personal about her life, but they're in there and they always relate to the movie and connect to what she was writing about, whether it was the ideas in the movie or the period of a movie or the, the setting. She grew up in, in Berkeley and the San, San Francisco, she grew up in the San Francisco area, went to school in Berkeley. And so, you know, when she would write about movies that were set there, you know, it, it might spark a personal memory. But, um, you know, I think that was all part of her work. There's a famous quote by her that um, said, uh, she said in response to the question, why, haven't you written your autobiography? And she said, I think I already have. That says it all to me. It's it's there in the work. And I've found out since I started making this film that that's in fact true. For people who aren't familiar with Pauline Kale, how do you kind of describe, because I'm sure you've run into this as you've you know, kind of been pitching this idea and going through this whole process. How do you kind of encapsulate who or what Pauline Kale was? That's tough because it's it's hard to encapsulate somebody who was so broad in her scope and so much of her you know she was really of her time I think in that she I mean she was what I'm going to say she was born at the right time she was actually born in 1919 and so she grew up as a child watching silent movies so she had all that to draw on when she started working as a critic later in her life you know she knew what it was like to go to the cinema with with an audience watching a silent movie and and having a little vaudeville show before the movie and maybe seeing it with uh, some musical accompaniment and then moving into sound as a young person and and really being a very young and a person who had kind of absorbed a lot in her prime of you know intellectual prime what people would consider intellectual prime twenties and thirties and you know that that was the the forties and fifties and you know, it was really the classic, early classic age of movies. I think, you know, to encapsulate Pauline is something that's really difficult to do. It's just, she was, uh, she just had such a distinctive voice. Whether or not you agree with her, I think, you know, she was compelling. A lot of people have told me in the course of making this movie, in the interviews, that, you know, sometimes her review would be more entertaining than the movie. And it didn't matter if it was a bad movie or a good movie, it was just the way that she saw into movies was unique and obsessive. 
she was fortunate in that the New Yorker, where she wrote for most of her career, gave her a lot of space to do it. But she could go very deep into a movie. And um, one of her famous pieces is about Bonnie and Clyde, which was actually written before she was hired by the New Yorker and was kind of a spark that helped her get hired there. I think that that piece went on for um, 12 or 15 pages in the, in the magazine. When she first started to be a critic, what was kind of the field like back then? She was not the only woman. There were other, other females in the business. But um, when she really started to be a critic, and I don't mean making a living at it, I just mean writing about movies, was in the early 50s. Her first job was writing about Chaplin's Limelight. For her, it was kind of an, an us-against-them mentality for a while because in San Francisco, I think what comes through in her writing is she felt a, a little bit like an outsider and that San Francisco wouldn't get the, the releases as soon as New York City. And that's where you know Bosley Crowder and um, a lot of the major critics at that time were. And so she wrote kind of uh, against people. In her early reviews, you can hear her kind of like, I always, I liken it to a, like a prize fighter. She was just coming out and she was attacking these other critics quite aggressively and pretty soundly when you read, when you read what she wrote, you know, she had points and she made them and she was very persuasive. But um, her position was some of these East coast critics were really giving blanket praiseful reviews or pans to movies that, that she disagreed with. And so she felt I'm here in, on the West Coast in San Francisco. I have to let people know that this guy may not be right. So it was, you know, it was pretty much an us-against-them mentality for her. And the, the critical climate, I think, at the time was, you know, it was very different because it, it's, it's hard for really young people now, I think, to understand. Before the digital age, everything was slower and people went to movies and they were written about. And, you know, you might not you read a review until... It actually opened, and um, there weren't people posting about it online. And, uh, you know, there was more of a, a conversational, thoughtful mentality about movies. And, you know, when she really hit her stride, when she was writing for a lot of national magazines in the 60s, you know, that was when the, some of the great European filmmakers were making films, and the Japanese. And she wrote a lot about that. So it was, you know, the beginning of the art age of cinema, I think, when she really came into her own and, and people went to the movies sometimes more for some kind of enlightenment or inspiration or, but not just broad entertainment, you know, which the Hollywood film provided. In that sense, she was really at the right time. What do you think her influence has been over all these years? You know, is it the kind of bringing the personal stuff to it or what is it about her that kind of still resonates today? Nobody writes like her. I mean, that's that's not so special, I guess, to say nobody writes like her because everybody is, it's, you know, you could say writers are like a fingerprint. You know, everybody's a little bit different. But she, she worked so hard at what she did, and she loved what she did so much, and she loved the art form of movies so much that I think anybody who just spends a little time and really reads her thoughtfully will get that out of it. There's this quote by kind of famous quote by Marlene Dietrich, somebody asked her about Orson Welles, and she said, when I talk to him, I feel like a plant that's been watered. I always thought that was such a great quote, because that's kind of how you feel, or I felt, when I first read Pauline Kael, and how I still feel. It's, it's that she pours herself into it, and she pours the sum of her knowledge 
and it's never just about the movie. It's it's always so much more. You know, for people who are open to it, I think that has to be her influence. Is is in in the digital age now, and when movies and gratification is more instant than ever, maybe she's a reminder that it it really pays to be thoughtful and to take your time and be sensitive to movies or books or whatever it is you're taking in. You know, that's where the rewards are for the audience. One of the things that Kale is kind of infamous or famous for was just some of the people that she really touted over the years, like, um, especially you know, somebody like a Brian De Palma comes to mind. Were there people that equally she just couldn't stand and would bash whenever she had the opportunity? No, I, I don't think she would go that far. She could be nasty and she could be, she had a very good wit and, and uh, she could be cutting in her reviews. But um, she didn't. She didn't do that. I mean, she knew that uh, if she had had gone that route, she would have put herself in a lower class of writer and of critic. You know, I, I don't think she was tempted to do that. I think she was very aware, and she she didn't let herself go that way. But she was always interested in the the more interesting and meaningful parts of the movies, and in actors especially. And she could write, you know, paragraph after paragraph about an actor's performance. And, um, she did a famous long piece about Cary Grant in the seventies, you know, after he'd made most of his great movies, but it was kind of a, an appreciation piece about him and his work and, and the appeal that he had. She was interested in all of it, but she, you know, she had, she had people, filmmakers that she didn't like for sure. She had an actors and actresses that she didn't like. And when they came up in her reviews, you, you would know it. But um, I don't think she ever really made a point of of uh, going after somebody like that. So who are some of the people that you're talking to when it comes to this documentary? We've done over 40 interviews so far. We've, we're um, just about finished with principal photography. We have a lot of people who knew her as friends and then um, colleagues. So James Toback, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Robert Town, Paul Schrader, Shirley Knight, James Walcott, Alan Barra, Stephanie Zakarik, Joe Morgenstern, and Mike Schregau. And they were, Joe and Mike and Stephanie, they were all friends of Pauline. So a lot of contemporary critics, you know, my idea is really in getting so many interviews is to really touch on those different parts of her life. And uh, so I w- we went back to Berkeley and shot where she grew up and, and talked to some people who knew her back in the days before she came to New York. You know, it's interesting because she knew so many people. To have 40 or 45 interviews in the film is really just kind of a drop in the bucket. But I want to, you know, find out how she, how and why she became the writer she did. When she was kind of coming up in the world, I mean, it was, for lack of a better term, it was like the golden age of film criticism. You know, people like Molly Haskell, Andrew Saris, you know, David Bordwell, all these people are writing at this time. And some of the stuff that I find most amusing in retrospect is some of the vitriol and just the fighting that was going on amongst the critics as they're going back and forth. I mean, the auteur theory was just like throwing a grenade into a room sometimes. Do you talk to some of those folks as far as the um, the people that she would be talking to, writing about, or, or kind of bouncing ideas off of back in the early days of her film criticism? Yeah, we we did. I talked to Molly Haskell. She's in the film, and um, her 
ex-husband Andrew Sarris has, has passed, but uh, you know we we talk about that a little bit. But that's really not in the scope so much of my film is you know the the argument over the auteur theory and people taking sides. I mean, it was I, I guess it was pretty interesting in its day. But she basically wrote a piece in her first book called "I Lost It at the Movies." And the essay was called Squares and Circles, and that's where she really, that's where all of this came from, I guess. It really was a, an, maybe it was an attack on the auteur theory, but it was really her her way of expressing how she disagreed with it. And, um, you know, her and Andrew Sarris, I guess, never really had a, a friendly relationship, but uh, that, those were the days when there were, you know, six or seven kind of powerful critics for for the um, the most popular newspapers and magazines and uh like a lot of things that gets blown up in other newspaper and magazine and television stories and and uh just like they do today but um part of her outlook and her point of view was that she was not an academic and that was her objection to the auteur theory it's she thought you needed to come to a movie uh without a theory and be open to to what it was saying and respond to it openly. And if you're responding through the filter of a theory, then you weren't really being honest. She always said that her objective was to share the movie and enlighten the audience as she as she felt she should after the movie and, and, and really share what she'd experienced in the movie sensually. And then, you know, obviously she wrote a lot about the ideas and the structure and the, you know, whatever it, parts of the culture the movie might have touched in its subject. But she really was um, anti-academic, almost, I would say. And she gave a lot of speeches at colleges in her day, shared her thoughts, but she didn't really uh, believe in a film education. She studied philosophy at Berkeley. She never went to a film school. But as I've learned in her, uh, we went to her archives and spent a week there, and she's a voluminous letter writer as a young person in the in the late 30s and 40s. And uh, you know what really comes out is how much of a sponge she was, and she absorbed everything and was interested in in literature and music and art. You know, she came to New York, I think, at 21 for a couple of years, and went every night. It seems she was going to a a gallery or a a political uh, lecture or a you know, an author's evening or a movie. You know, she wrote about these experiences to friends, you know, while she was struggling to make a living here as well. And that will be part of my film is, is her early experiences and her, her incredible curiosity. Do you have a, a frame of mind for when you'd like to get this done? Yep. We're hoping to finish by the end of this year. So I like, I'd like to be finished in mid to late fall, but uh, we'll see. We have a lot of a lot of work still to do. A couple more interviews, a little bit more shooting, and then we're going to go into editing probably later this month. So where can folks go to find out more about the film, kind of keep up with the updates? Yeah, well, we have a website up. We have a social media presence. Uh, our website is whatshesaidmovie.com. There's a trailer for the film on it, and we've got a you know a, a press area on the site, so we'll we'll keep posting updates. I know a lot of people loved Pauline Kale and they're interested to find out about the movie.